We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. Play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not just any ball player. I'm Kenny fucking Powers. Yeah, I hurt myself. I hurt my nose. I'm Kenny Powers! All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. This is episode one of our Eastbound and Down rewatch. We are sports movies. You're fucking out. Eastbound and Down is in. Uh, joining me is my co-host, the first co-host in big screen sports history. We've always been a, a guest podcast, but this guy's my, co- my co-host. Uh, he's here after flaming out of the big leagues with nothing more than an old Bronco, some cassette tapes, and a jet ski to his name. It's Jeremy Loss. Jeremy, man, welcome to big screen sports. I'm excited to be doing this with you. I'm very happy that I got to keep the jet ski. Uh, that's the only thing I wanted in life. So uh, I'm super excited to talk about Eastbound and Down. I love this show. It's one of my favorites. Um, rewatching it was a treat this weekend. So I'm really excited. It's astounding how well it's held up when you think about 10 years later. And I, I was I was giving it some thought. And like this show can't be can't be canceled or deemed like it like it hasn't aged well in kind of the 20 the 2020 sense because like Kenny Powers in his essence has already been canceled like everything you're watching him say like you knew then it was horrible it's supposed to be horrible so it's kind of the perfect show for these times oh yeah 100% like I was watching I had the same kind of thought when I was watching it I was like could this actually be like go out in 2020 and it's like of course it can because this is exactly what you are getting from a guy that's been canceled like he's going through it all and he's a terrible human being who's just struggling to make ends meet after flaming out of the big leagues because he's a drug addict and he lost all his he lost his velocity on his fastball i mean it's the the show is just perfect like it, it could come out in 2020 a um, little background before we get into episode one starting this starting this rewatch um is created by ben best who plays clegg jody little and mcbride 
So it took all of about two minutes into the Eastbound and Down rewatch for me to make a mistake. The uh, series co-creator and, and McBride's writing partner is Jody Hill, not uh, Jody Little. I think I was confusing him with Steve Little, who plays uh, Stevie Janowski. I correct myself later in the episode, but what a mistake. All right, back to the episode. Uh, Jody Little and McBride and, and Best early on are longtime collaborators. They did uh, Foot First Way. Uh, more recently, Little and McBride have done Vice Principles, uh, Righteous Gemstones, which I really enjoyed. Uh, same with with uh, with Vice Principles. Best has kind of disappeared, um, kind of like you would imagine Clegg would. Uh, but he was in on creating this, and I, I pulled this from Wikipedia, the all-knowing Wikipedia. While not based on the life of former Major League Baseball relief pitcher John Rocker, the show's creators do cite Rocker's attitude as an inspiration, which really comes through. Uh, former Major League pitcher Mitch Wild Thing Williams has often been cited as the inspiration for the Powers character, though Williams himself has disavowed any connection. They've got the mullet. Uh, Mitch Williams, if I remember correctly, uh, I mean, he's been an MLB network analyst for a while, but it was something about him getting tossed out of a Little League game recently or something like that, <laughs> that like makes it makes it perfect. I don't have that in front of me, but it, it's very fitting. Uh, explaining the tone of the show, McBride has stated that he and co-creators had intended to make fun of the South, a South where you could learn an ancient martial art like Taekwondo in a shopping center next to a tanning salon, which uh, anyone who's been to the South has seen that exact sort of thing. Uh, like me, I am from a small town in Texas, and across the street from my high school, there is a strip center with a uh, a Taekwondo studio in between a dermatologist and a like shady donut shop, which is just all sorts of perfect. Oh yeah, that's that's perfect. Yeah, um, I, I think the John Rocker comparison is perfect for this. Like that was immediately where I went when I was watching the show for the first time. I was like, oh, this is. Are they doing something on John Rocker? Because I, I mean, I was a huge sports fan, still am. Um, and Rocker, I mean, for that short period of time, was a mainstream star. Even though he wasn't very good at baseball because of his antics, he was a mainstream star. So it just seemed like it was a perfect kind of ripoff or or ode to him in a way. Um, it's also it, it's crazy to think that Danny McBride is also um, behind the new Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Danny McBride, like. You, you you get into that in that um, before this, to me, but like before I saw the show, Danny McBride was the guy in funny bit roles who steal scenes. Like the first time I remember really being like, oh, this guy's hilarious was Red in Pineapple Express. Yeah. Um, he's the disabled vet in Due Date, the going to Chili's with my boys, that guy who uh, rips whips Robert Downey Jr.'s ass. Um, he's the pyrotechnics guy from Tropic Thunder, and he's even got like that minor role in Up in the Air. Like Danny McBride will sometimes flex those dramatic muscles, but after this, like once this show drops, he's a guy you, you can build a franchise around. This guy, he's had multiple shows, he started multiple movies, you know, and like you said, did the 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 wrote the remake of Halloween, which was wildly successful, and they have another one on the way. Like Danny McBride had one of the most successful 2010 decades in entertainment. Yeah, and then they even tried to put him in that Land of the Lost remake that they put a lot of money behind, um, which obviously flopped because it wasn't very good. But yeah, he was in Observe and Report as well. He's in one of my favorites, uh, Fanboys, because I'm a huge Star Wars oh, guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, the, uh, the one where they break into to Skywalker Ranch. Right, yeah. Um, he's in a t- he's also in, he's a voice in Despicable Me. 
Um, so, I mean, he is a, a legend um, in the game. And, and for me, I, I remember him as well um, in, in Pineapple Express. I think that was the first time I was exposed to him. And that character is absurd. Um, the fact that he just never dies. Uh, I absolutely love that movie. The best. I, I remember going to see Pineapple Express midnight showing. I think I was like 16 years old. I just thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. But I, I was giving this a look this first season, especially after this first episode, because like this series, the whole series is about letting Danny McBride cook and just embody this character and be really funny and then bringing in these funny bit pieces to play off that and just get sucked into the Kenny Tornado. And it, it's phenomenal. And I was looking at outstanding lead actor in a comedy series from the 2009 Emmys. And I, I I mean, I gotta feel like there's a spot for McBride here. And I I have two, there's Jim Parsons in the big bang theory. I just, I detest the big bang theory. And then, uh, Charlie Sheen is Charlie Harper on two and a half men. That show had already been going for so long. Like, I think that show was six, you know, six seasons in, uh, Danny McBride, if they, if they do like an Emmys redo, 10 years later, I would love to see Danny McBride get some award recognition for this performance. Cause it is, I mean, very few characters from 10 years ago, comedy characters have endured the way that Kenny powers does. Like Kenny powers is still a meme. You'll see a, if you see a, you know, you'll see like a a viral image of like a, a kind of a bigger college baseball reliever with a mullet or something. It's like, Oh, that, that guy's Kenny powers. Whereas there's that uh, that basketball player I think who plays for LMU right now who's getting like Kenny Powers love because he rocks a mullet um, and just looks like a, a big hoss out there on the basketball court. So yeah, I agree. Like looking back at this, um, I mean, I think this was in the age where like the Emmys didn't really go outside of the norm, so they had a lot of network television stars on there. I mean, they had Steve Carell, Alec Baldwin, Jim Parsons, Charlie Sheen, but you also have like uh, Jermaine Clement. And Tony Shalhoub. Um, so, I mean, it, it, I think in 2020, he may have got a look because I think there's a, a little bit more of a, a willingness to go outside of the box when you're looking at um, nominations for, for the Emmys rather, rather than saying like, oh, we need to put in X amount of network stars to make sure that we're making our network partners uh, a little bit more happy. Yeah, he was a little ahead of his time yep. as far as Emmys. Um, so let's get into it. Let's get into season one. Episode 1, Chapter 1. The episode premiered on February 15th of 2009. Burned out and broke, former big league pitcher Kenny Powers returns home to North Carolina to teach PE. So this series stars Dana McBride, Steve Little, Katie Mixon, John Hawks in this episode. He does a a long stint as as Kenny's brother. Um, Overall, like, leading off. We'll we'll call this section leading off. It's usually opening questions in a normal episode. What is your, what's your first impression of this episode when the, when the credits rolled and, you know, you rewatch this 10 years later, what would, you know, what, what's the, what comes to mind? So this is one of my favorite pilot episodes of all time. This was a classic. I mean, it just, it goes from, from the moment you are introduced to Kenny on the mound um, in the World Series, it is like a hundred miles an hour, and everything about it is perfect. Um, you get to understand who Kenny is and the trouble, the troubles that he's going through, and also you get you get to experience the awkward nature of a superstar going back uh, to his hometown with nothing. Like that, there's the scene where he's in the classroom 
uh, after becoming a substitute teacher. And the guy behind him is talking shit about him on his, to his friend on the phone. Um, and everything about it was just perfect. And there's, there's scenes that I almost forgot that I forgot were in this episode rewatching it. I forgot that there's the scene where he's walking back into school because he's about to accept the full-time position and he's completely imagining everybody is celebrating him and he's just like dancing in the hallway. Uh, and then he's all, and then there's the scene where he's butt naked in the shower and he's got the thong outline. One of my um, favorite moments. Oh my Incredible. gosh. Um, it is the perfect pilot. It is the way to kick off a, a series like this and really get you uh, set for what you're about to endure for the rest of the series. So um, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and, and it was just the perfect way to introduce Kenny Powers to the world. Yeah, you're right in that it's it's one of my favorite pilots, too. When I think of great pilots, I, I think of HBO shows. like the. Um, I thought the Night Of pilot was one of the best pilots I've ever seen, followed by, like, I think it was like seven just big time let down episodes. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the pilot of the first season of True Detective, um, excellent. I think the Lost pilot I always really enjoyed. But as far as like comedy pilots, I mean, this one was laugh out loud funny. Just McBride hits every single note he has to hit. Like he, he embodies that character. He knows exactly what he wants to be. He is the perfect. Uh, just the perfect washed up athlete who's deeply insecure, but also not going to let anyone else know that he's deeply insecure. And he's also completely out of touch with reality because he spent his entire upbringing being worshiped. And I mean, it's the perfect like caricature of Southern star athlete gone bad. It's, yep. it's just, it's amazing. One thing I didn't notice the first time I watched this series that I, I, noticed this uh this past rewatch is that he wears jean shorts in the in the pool and while he's on the jet ski i just thought that was the funniest like just the little things to like get across that he's in the south and it just seems like the white trash thing to do is to wear jean shorts while you're swimming in the pool or where you're out on the jet ski i thought it, they just got they got every little detail right for me um and, and again it was just the perfect way to introduce you to this character and set you up for the ride that you're about to go on that's something McBride and and Hill and I think I called Jody Hill Jody Little earlier, but McBride and Hill do so well is like and and they do this in Righteous Gemstones too. They hit those those notes from the South that like you have to have been from the South to to get that perfectly, and they just they absolutely crush it. Um, I we, we said before this is going to come up with a couple like questions for each other about the show. Um, I actually came up with a couple instead of just one uh, to, before we get into it. Um, and this is broad. This is a great series. It's it's four seasons deep. There's a ton of great moments. Is the first three minutes the best three minutes of the entire series? That montage from the moment Kenny's on the mound in Atlanta. When my ass was 19 years old, I changed the face of professional baseball. Well, any baseball fan has got to love this. Bottom of the ninth inning, game seven, bases loaded, two out, and Atlanta's gone to their bullpen and called on the rookie, Kenny Powers. Absolutely untested, and he's run the count full to the all-star, Eddie Frierson. The bases are loaded. He shakes off a sign. Now he's ready. 3-2 pitch. Struck him out! Don't fuck it out! Uh, if you're counting the, the stuff that actually made it into the show, yes. If you're counting the deleted scene of him with Will Ferrell with the plums, 
that comes like later on, uh, then I would say that. But I would say the stuff that actually made it into the show, I would say, yeah, it, the first three minutes are unbeatable. They're perfect. It's perfect. It is. It's like it's something I've watched on YouTube maybe more than anything ever. It's like that Susan Boyle's audition on Britain's Got Talent, the apparently kid. Like it's just my my happy YouTube family right there. But it is it's astounding. And then um, the the other thing. The other thing I had is if this was a if this was just a 30 minute special and I don't know what you would have put this on if they had just done this as its own standalone 30 minute thing that that McBride and Hill and Best put together uh maybe like a YouTube special or something I don't really I don't know how you put that out in 2009 forever maybe like a funnier die thing since mm-hmm. Will Ferrell Will Ferrell's production company was behind it but do you think this stands uh, 10 years later? Are we still talking about this? Cause I'm not convinced that even if this was just 30 minutes that we wouldn't still be talking about this memeable Kenny powers guy. Yeah. I think you'd still be talking about this. I think this, uh, I, I think with the introduction of HBO max, Eastbound and down is going to get a second life here. I think now that it's, it's a little bit more readily, like readily available. I think now that it has a streaming platform, you you'll be able to see this, gain a little bit more traction. You might actually see a resurgence of Kenny Powers here soon. Especially with the Righteous Gemstones still going, because I would assume that there's going to be a second season of Righteous Gemstones, and like with the success of Vice Principals as well, like the the McBride comedies, like if you're a fan of, if you're a young guy, if you're a college guy and you're watching Righteous Gemstones, it's like, oh, hey, have you seen Eastbound and Down, this thing he did 10 years ago? Like, I think you're exactly right. I think that the, a second life is, is highly probable for the show. Cause again, it, it holds up perfectly. Yeah. And like what from 2010, tw- 2009 or 2010, like is, is holding up this well, very, very little. Yeah. Not much. I mean, even the office kind of ages poorly when you go back to certain episodes. So, um, this one just kind of fits in. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see this potentially get a second life because I want to share this with a lot of people that haven't watched it. Luckily, like when this was on, I was working in sports. So this was like a topic of discussion, like being able to talk about Kenny Powers openly in the office. Um, So um, I I think with HBO Max, like I said, I think there's an opportunity for a lot more people to get exposed to this. Could you like could you imagine that this was available on Netflix? This probably would have been like one of the more popular shows because it's a 30 minute uh, comedy series that is really over the top and is highly enjoyable that doesn't get dull at all. So like um I think just being able to to show more people on a on a regular basis I think will go a long way in helping this kind of resurgence in 2020. It's on a, it's a dream for doing a podcast where you have to rewatch something every week. Oh like yeah. A 30 minute episode. Oh, just great. I've had to, for this podcast I've watched so many movies that are just an absolute fucking slog. <laughs> and this was I finished this one I was like if we weren't watching The Undoing, I would have been like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm just going to wrap uh, season 1 here right now." Yeah, I mean, I I have two kids and so like at the end of the day, I just want to sit down and relax and I very rarely like indulge in a in a long drama series. Like I watched I I watched The Crown. I love The Crown. I think it's a perfect television show. And that's like probably the only hour long television show that I watch right on a regular basis right now. Most of the time I'm spending like I'm just turning on like a 30 minute comedy show where I can either like tune out and just relax or I really want to invest in it. Like I'm rewatching or I'm working my way through Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is fantastic. But like being able to supplement Brooklyn Nine-Nine with Eastbound is just like the perfect balance because they're 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 both really good comedy shows, but in different ways. 
I'm I want to get this out there and then and then push it to the side because we we do need to stay somewhat on task, but just imagining Kenny Powers in the crown is just a really fun like <laughs> thought experiment. It's something oh, man. it's something I would enjoy. Kenny Powers and Princess Margaret, like that's a that's a couple. Things oh yeah, happen. it's a power couple. Things happen. Uh did you have did was there an opening question? Did you have something that you want to ponder before we get into best scene? Yeah. Do you think they actually taught Danny McBride to throw a baseball or Craig Robinson to swing a bat? Because the way that he throws a baseball is hilarious to me. And I don't know if you noticed that uh, like when Craig, before Craig Robinson hits that home run in the opening credits, he's holding the bat in just the most awkward way imaginable. Like his hands aren't even connected. He's doing it, the Ty the Ty Cobb thing, and it's just like it's it's hilarious to me. So I'm just wondering, like, did they actually teach them how to to like throw a baseball or swing a bat, or did they say like the uh, the the goal of the show is comedy? Who gives a shit if they know how to throw a baseball correctly? I honestly, I think it's better that McBride looks awful throwing the ball. I I think that makes it so much better. I'm sure that's how he naturally like. I don't think Danny McBride is a baseball guy. I think that is just how he throws. I think it makes it so much better. Like, it's so fucking funny that he's just like a schlub who, like, looks terrible on the mound. I, I think it's awesome. The first time he throws it and they show the radar gun and it goes to 101, like, the, the critic in me was just like, bullshit. Like, that's probably, like, 30 miles an hour because there's no way. Like, obviously, he's not throwing 101, but at the same time, like, you want to make it look somewhat realistic and there's just absolutely no way you get 101 out of that form. Well, and that's the, like, I created this podcast to Chris, like, when, when we covered Summer Catch, I killed Freddie Prince Jr. for how bad he looks, but, like, in, in this spectrum with this show, it honestly, if, if Danny McBride actually looked like he was pumping 101, it would have been disappointing. Like, it's so much funnier, especially he's got, like, the Walmart glove and the Walmart <laughs> pants. It, it's, it's too perfect. Yeah. It's just too perfect. Definitely. So let's get into best scene. And this is this is difficult, especially for a 30-minute TV show. And and kind of like we said, this this pilot is perfect. And so I, I wanted to, I was thinking like with Kenny Powers, with Eastbound and Down, there are whole scenes and there are moments. And I, I define that as like when Kenny's ordering the hooker on his sister-in-law's <laughs> cell phone, the thing about can I wear the screen mask? Yeah. So that's a moment. The entire thing, so the him doing ordering the hooker and then talking to uh, his sister in law, that's a scene. And then that, of course, goes into the you know, him seeing the, the nephew on the jet ski. So I tried to break it down into just three scenes that were my favorite. And obviously, if you have eight, I bet you're going to, if you're going to have more, like we'll discuss them. But so the, the first thing's first, like the thing we just talked about, like the intro. The, just the, the montage introducing you to Kenny Powers. Honestly, if they just had released that thing as a YouTube clip, that three minutes, it, it like it probably goes by. It is probably a big thing. It is probably successful and funnier die at the end when he's washed up and his like he's like arguing with his catcher about the signs and he just signals fucking fastball. It is one of my. <laughs> it's just like you know, man. Come on, motherfucker. Fastball. We would like I was I was playing small college baseball when this show came out and that would be that would be a thing you're just doing like you're in the bullpen you're like nah man fucking fastball. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that's perfect. Um, I, I mean I like I said I love the first um, three minutes of this show, um, but yeah I, I I mean I never played baseball. Oh, I played baseball when I was a kid, um, 
and I, I just threw heaters. I, I mean, I tried to throw a curveball every now and again, and it was not great. So I was just gas all the time. Got to throw the gas. Uh, the next one I've got is is Kenny meeting the gym class, uh, which is both like funny, immensely quotable. You get the you know I hurt my nose thing, which is one of my which is another thing you know you said in college all the time. Uh, and um, but it's also like the they pull in the the delusional athlete thing really well because that's exactly what a Kenny Powers would think when he goes to the gym with all these little kids and he he still thinks he's big shit and these kids who were in diapers when he was famous will want to ask him all these questions. It, it, I mean, again, like they are just hitting every single note perfectly in this episode. In an episode filled with awkward moments, that's up there with one of the like that's one of the most awkward moments in the in the episode. I, I feel so bad for him. Just like realizing that these kids have no idea who the hell he is. And like he you could see his like ego kind of deflate a little bit because he he thinks he's a big shit, like a big shot. And like it's he's really not in comparison, like when when he's talking to these kids. I'm Kenny Powers. I'll be your new PE teacher until Coach Booth's back is fixed. Yeah, I'm famous. Slotty da, big fucking deal. Now, this time I'd like to field any questions anybody has. This is the time to do it. You, big kid. Do we have to run the mile? I'm talking about me. I want These are questions about me personally as a superstar. You know, you got this moment in time here with an American icon. You're going to waste it asking a question about the fucking mile? It's, I mean, it's McBride at his best. Uh, the thing about picking on the kid. Uh, <laughs> my dad said you ruined baseball. Uh, the, th- the third one I got, and this is a more under-the-radar one, but this is something I... And I, I will say this is one of the, the ones that I did not remember going into the episode. Like, because w- when I turned on the pilot, I was like, oh, you know, obviously can't wait to see the intro. Uh, can't wait to see Kenny at the gym. Um, you know, can't wait to see Kenny in his car listening to his own autobiography. But uh, Kenny and Clegg doing cocaine in the back of Shabooms is a that's a great cocaine scene. That is a that's an all time cocaine montage right there where they're just like saying random shit that means nothing. And they're just like snorting endless lines of cocaine. It is a it is up there with like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, it's got all the hallmarks of a good cocaine scene. There's bonding, there's laughing, there's complaining and talking shit about other people, and then there's the declaration that the person that you're doing cocaine with is just cooler, better than all the other people <laughs> around. It's it's like it. They nail every single aspect of of the the cocaine montage that you need. It's a really good cocaine scene. Um, I, so th- that's what I, what I picked for best scene. Do you, is there anything, any other sequences of yours that we just, we have to talk about? Um, cause I think my favorite, I think the best scene is kind of obvious. So I have the moment that he realizes that April works at the school and oh, he so stands with his back to the door and he just calls her name and he's laughing, like having this really cocky laugh. Um, Real, and, and then also you pair that with the fact like when he realizes that she's engaged the principal um, and the principal is just like really into him and he doesn't give two shits about it. I, I love that scene. Cutler um, is such a simp for Kenny. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's painful. Um, and then I, I love the scene where he is getting the hooker, but mainly for when he goes out and he catches his nephew on the jet ski because when he's screaming at him and then he realizes that he's done wrong and he's still screaming at everybody and he's like saying, I'm sorry. 
And then he yells, I'm going to Shabooms. I love y'all very much. Peace out. Where are you going? I'm going to Shabooms. So there's like a personal story that's attached to that for me. There was a bar uh, when I first moved up to SF that was right down the street from my house. And it was called Shabooms. So every every weekend when we'd go to the bar, I would yell in my house, I'm going to Shabooms. So like it, it just was a moment for me. So um, I love those scenes. Um, and then the the scene in the in in the shower when he has when he's butt ass naked and he's got the thong line on him. So I'm uh, classifying that as a moment. That's okay. one of my favorite Kenny moments. But I mean, it's that was another one I forgot about. And like the the best part of rewatching this was I my fiance has never seen Eastbound and Down. And uh, she liked Righteous Gemstones enough, but Kenny Powers is most certainly not her shit. And so <laughs> she was a trooper and she sat next to me while I watched it. And I like I almost spit out what I was drinking laughing when I saw Kenny in that shower. And I just got, I got the look like that. You know, that look of like, man, you really do think this is really funny, huh? Oh, yeah. I get and that look a lot. That yeah. Look. I love that scene that that moment, but also the the scene where he comes back to the school and he's wearing, I guess, what are his his best clothes. He's wearing the black pants, the black shirt, the cowboy boots, and he's walking down the school um, aisle and he's imagining that everybody's celebrating that he's back in the school. And then they show him in real life and he's like waltzing and dancing. And then he gets on the mic and he starts cursing and um, everything about that was perfect. Uh, and that was kind of towards the end of this, the episode, and I thought it was just a great way to kind of get everything kind of moving towards episode two. Um, this, I, I mean, we've talked about this already for a while. Like this, this episode is just filled with hilarious moments that are up there with like the top moments in the entire series. It's, it's incredible how great this pilot is. Yeah, if you haven't watched it in a while, like you'd be legitimately surprised about how much of the stuff that your favorite stuff you remember about Eastbound and Down is in this episode like you talk about the outfit he recycles that outfit a few times in the series like you're right and that it's definitely his best clothes and his best clothes are black jeans black boots a big belt buckle and like a, a black button down with those bad shades on and mm-hmm. but if you go to i mean not now because we're in a pandemic but like last year if you go to any small town bar that's that's probably located in a tr- inside a trailer or inside a converted <laughs> trailer you'll see two of those guys and like that's them they're stepping out they came to dance with some divorcees to neon moon <laughs> and those clothes and kenny is right there right there dancing with him like kenny i mean the the thing about kenny powers is that without that baseball without that baseball talent like he's not even a substitute teacher like he's probably He's probably the bouncer at a bar, but he's not a good bouncer. Like, he's letting in underage girls left and right. Um, he is just... I mean, Kenny's pure trash, and that's why we thats why we love Kenny. Um, but let's pay the bills real quick. Let's take an ad break and then get back with, uh, with some more about episode one of Eastbound and Down. Big Street Sports is brought to you by Indeed. 
2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria so you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Right, Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Big Screen Sports is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Football is back in full swing, unless you're the Cowboys and you just suck. Uh, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals, team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back. Uh, so on a, on a typical big screen sports episode, in, in the kind of the genesis of this podcast was talking about uh, the the realism in sports movies is something we talked about earlier. Like I killed Freddie Prince Jr. in Summer Catch for for looking like shit. I, I really love when a sports movie gets the sports right. This show, Eastbound and Down, not only does not every episode have much to do with with sports a lot of the times, uh, but like I said, I kind of like I appreciate that the sports look bad, but I I, I do want to talk about it. Uh, stuff like that is is kind of fun to to nitpick. And what I had for most authentic, and we talked about this on Mike, and we kind of want to go into it. Um, I just re- relievers who throw gas and are not uh, in the best of shape, as Kenny is not. Uh, Kenny is is certainly not a guy who was taking care of that body, hitting the gym, uh, eating those lean proteins while he was in the show. Uh, those guys don't have much longevity. And I no. kind of put some thought into to how long Kenny's career was. And you actually you did the legwork, you did the the research. And they actually have Kenny's stats on fan graphs. Yeah. So his stats um, for, I mean, his time in the minors was phenomenal. So they have it as his 2001 season was in, he was in the minor minors. He did 23 innings pitched. He had a, uh, he was four and with 12 saves and 28 strikeouts, one earned run. Uh, so his ERA was 0.39. That rookie season for Atlanta, he had 66.1 innings pitched. He went seven and three, 49 saves, 106 strikeouts with a 2.85 ERA. His last. He probably picked up some Cy Young votes in that probably. year. And, and per the intro to the show, uh, was a, uh, was 19 years old. I mean, looking like, looking like a 45 year old man. And also, for, Danny McBride was like 32 years old. Right. 49 <laughs> saves in his rookie year. I mean, that is, that is quality. Um, and then it just starts going downhill after that. So he moves on to New York, which is, 
I would assume the Yankees because it looks like the Yankees in the series. Um, and he finishes with 39 saves with a 4.74 ERA. His last year was the 2005 season with the Boston Red Sox or the Boston team because I don't think they had the rights to actually utilize the uh, Red Sox. 15 games, 12 innings pitched, six losses, zero wins, six losses, three saves, six strikeouts, nine base on balls, 12 earned runs, and an ERA of 8.57. So that was the those were the stats that they put on the on the Kenny Powers website. I tried to look at this from a a way too realistic angle. Um, this is my curse as a human. This is so dumb. <laughs> um, so. So Kenny breaks in at 19 because he, you know, he throws that game. They win the World Series, whatever. He says he's 19, um, and then he. The next thing we see of him is he gets to free agency. You know, Atlanta, you're fucking out. Kenny Powers now a free agent. So well, in, in, that's in that so, way, sorry to cut you off, but that's that's weird that he could be like, I'm going to be a free agent after his rookie contract or after his rookie year because in the majors, I mean, he's probably owned by. He's controlled by that team for what, like five, six years? So you get six years. You get six years of or three years of renewable contract, three years of arbitration. So I'm saying Kenny puts in six years. That takes him to age 25 with the Braves. Um, and, and by then, and we also have to think about Kenny's money. So Kenny's probably made, he makes minimum or around minimum salary for three years. So that's like 1.5 million in total before taxes. And then early in the 2000s, less say like a million dollars before taxes. He gets three years of arbitration. He probably picks up, you know, a, a maybe four or five million dollars with those three years. Kenny's a valuable guy. He hits free agency. And then he probably gets, you know, New York pays him. And then per the show, he goes to New York, Baltimore, San Francisco, Boston, and then Seattle. Because you, you see him in New York and then he, you don't see him in Baltimore. You see him in San Francisco, but he, he references Baltimore. In one of his uh, yeah. <laughs> his crude, cruder comments, uh, so you know, then he goes Boston, where he's he's very visibly on steroids, and then Seattle, where he gives up that home run, and his career just looks like absolute shit. He's probably in multiple places in a season. I think Kenny's washed up at twenty eight, and he's probably made probably made a little less than ten million dollars before taxes. Maybe more. Maybe that first deal from New York was good. Um, but after that, he's he's probably often released on waivers, um, playing out that deal. I, I'm betting that Kenny Powers made less than twenty million dollars before taxes, and if, if we know anything about Kenny Powers, he is not good with with common sense or money. He probably so, spent half of that on cocaine. Oh, a hundred percent. He was also probably more. According to his 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 card, he was a first round draft pick, so he probably got a nice signing bonus too. Yeah, so he he probably got uh he probably got at least you know high six figures there being a, a first round draft pick in the late nineties, um you know it, it probably would have been a good opening question when Kenny Powers was playing in the major leagues did he spend more money on taxes or cocaine because I cocaine, think because he probably doesn't very... know that he has to pay taxes <laughs> that's true. <laughs> He probably has quite the tax lien, honestly. Yeah. Well, he says that like the IRS is he had to get the job because the IRS is trying to garnish his garnish his wages. Oh, that's yeah, that's perfect. so yeah. He that's, probably that, had no idea exactly, that he had to pay that's taxes. The research we needed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I would love to know what what Kenny Powers' taxes look like. I mean, he's probably in the Wesley Snipes territory. Ooh, ooh, that's tough. Man. <laughs> Sports movie Hall of Famer Wesley Snipes. You hate oh, to yeah. see it. 
Uh, did you have anything down for most or least authentic? We've kind of talked about like Danny McBride looks awful throwing a baseball, but that's what makes this great. Uh, most authentic, probably the roid rage. Yeah, true. Very, very John Rocker. Also, shout out to former guest of this podcast, uh, four-time guest, Jeff Perlman, who is the person who wrote that that piece that exposed John Rocker to the world for Sports Illustrated. Yeah, so, I mean, it also reminded me of Kenny Rogers uh, when he had his roid rage when he was on the oh, Rangers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought the roid rage was perfect. They, they got it. And the best part is that was kind of like post-steroid era, too. That was like that was like right in the Mitchell report. So Kenny obviously would have been that guy. He's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm still taking steroids. Yeah, he's definitely he, like if he's still in the league, he's he was he was banned a long time ago. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what Kenny Power like how often he was suspended. Just for oh, just yeah. for something, just for like throwing at someone's head or giving you know a fan the finger like he he does during his last outing. Uh. I would, and you know, the funny thing is they could bring this back for a 30 minute YouTube special and just do a random thing of like Kenny playing. Cause like no one would care that Danny McBride is 10 years older and just, it looks, it, I would still, if they, how much would you pay for a 30 minute eastbound and down thing like that? If HBO max, if HBO max did that, they should have put this on Quibi. That's oh, a way God. to keep Quibi well, then, alive. Well, then, then no one would have seen it. I, yeah, no, I, I would have paid, paid money for Quibi if they were like, we're going to do another season of Eastbound. I mean, obviously, they're like 10, 15 minute, episode, 15 minute episodes. I'd be down for that. I'd actually pay money to watch it. Yeah, I think the only thing to save Quibi would be Eastbound and Downer Chappelle show. Yeah. Well, Quibi, RIP. RIP. They went dead today. I mean, they were. the app is no longer available. It's crazy incredible incredible quibi spends money worse than kenny powers i mean it was like one point it was like 1.5 billion dollars or something like that it was a crazy amount of money astounding they could have they could have given this podcast that much money and put out just as much subpar content (laughs) okay let's get into what worked about this show what worked about this episode and kind of like we said like my first bullet point everything kenny is perfectly clueless you know the thing that's good about this pilot is it leaves nothing to the imagination about what this series could be. Like, you know, everything you need to know about this guy, what the series can be in this 30 minutes. McBride is playing this character flawlessly. He knows exactly what he wants to do. knows all the points he's going to hit. He has the entire character figure out his entire psyche. It is just perfectly done. Yeah, it it is the perfect episode. Um, For me, what I really loved was the little touch of him listening to his own autobiography on tape, (laughs) on tape, on cassette tape. Yeah. Um, Not even bothering to read it. He's just like, I'm just going to, that's going to be my soundtrack for my, my daily life is my own autobiography. Um, So I being called you're fucking out. I'm fucking in. Yeah. Just the touch of also when they, when he gets to the end of side a, and it's like, you have finished listening to side a of you're fucking out with Kenny Powers and it's just a it's really absurd and it's just like that nice little touch that puts this episode over um because at first you think it's just like a normal vo- voiceover that you would get on a lot of television shows and then you realize oh this is a autobiography on tape that you're listening to so it's uh it's a nice little touch that I thought was just a, a way to kind of put this one over I love the Kenny April dynamic I it, I was almost disappointed after watching it and like I forgot that April was the 
that was like fully aware of Kenny's shit. I like mm-hmm. I, I almost would have enjoyed it more if she would have never gotten back with Kenny and like understood that like Kenny's a scumbag and April is doing better with his with her life and can do better with her life. It is almost disappointing that April like instead of just being Kenny's great white buffalo, she like gets back in the fold because that was one of my that was one of my favorite things is the the high school star going back to high school thinking he's gonna get back with his high school girlfriend and it's like uh no i'm i'm engaged to someone who is who is more successful than you and not a complete piece of shit even though he's a he's a clueless simp yeah and i mean this also just kind of speaks to the fact that like you realize that like a lot of people within this town have have problems similar to kenny and april's sim like she has similar issues too um for her to get back with kenny um, but yeah, I, I think it would have been an interesting dynamic if they were like, no, she's not going to get back with him. And you would have actually had him kind of continuing to act like an asshole and act like the entire time while she's with the, uh, the principal. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting dynamic. And it's, it's interesting. Like when you first see her, you can kind of see that look in her eye. Like you, you almost instantly see that, like, she's already starting to fall for him again from the moment she sees him. Like she's, she's just like intrigued by yeah. Kenny, but that guard is way up. She, yeah. The thing is early in the season, she's the character is seemingly like where she even, she has the thing. Like, if you know, you think you're going to come back here and I'm just going to hook up with you. Like that's not going to happen. And so she's kind of aware that like the, this guy is a fucking loser now, just because he was in the pros. Like he is a, he is a complete loser, but she uh she succumbs to that that power's charm. I mean, when he points at her after he gets out of the uh the principal's office and accepts the role of full-time PE teacher, you could see it in her face that she was we- <laughs> she was ready for round 2 with Kenny Powers. We also haven't talked uh about right after that, the end of this. This is one of the things that worked perfectly about the scene another memeable <laughs> Kenny moment is him tearing up the lake with the jet ski and then, <laughs> and, then and then throwing uh throwing the girl off of it. Yeah, also like when he walks out of the school and the janitors are like, "Where the fuck is he going? It's first period." <laughs> Where the fuck is that dude going? It's still first period. It's again like the cool thing about it, and I wonder if they made it this way, is it is just it could have been its own thing. Like it, it could have been they did a they did a sketch like this for this is the end, and they put it on Funny or Die. Like it was a subset of the movie. They did it almost like a real world style sketch for this is the end, and it's like McBride and Rogan and James Franco and um, a couple other people, and they did kind of an offshoot set sketch. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering if that was the the thinking behind this pilot is, hey, we need to make this stand on its own because if it doesn't get picked up or if you know we don't get the order from HBO or whoever, we're going to put this on Funny or Die. Yeah, that I mean, that makes a lot of sense because it does, you can easily just kind of let this live on its own. For sure. Did you have anything else that you that we haven't talked about yet for what worked? Because spoiler alert for uh, what didn't work or the category I'm calling you're fucking out. Uh, not a thing. I, I don't have anything that, I, <laughs> that didn't work about this this episode. Um, I don't think I have anything else for what maybe the little nod to um, Danny McBride's horror future when he gets back from the back from Shabooms and he stands in the doorway and scares the shit out of his little nephew. <laughs> that's such a like a random <laughs> random moment too <laughs> yeah 
or I mean, even there's there's a moment where you kind of ha- you kind of feel for Kenny when he's it's the first night at his brother's house and he, he he's crying in the bed because <laughs> he realizes that he's got nothing. That's when you see that Kenny actually has shame. It's yeah. one of the few moments where there's a self awareness of like life actually isn't good. Like he isn't this irrationally confident all the time. Like he actually realizes that things have gone completely off the rails. Although that, that just, that just complete completely gets disillusioned because he's like, Oh yeah. You know, I, I'm, I, what you're saying is I need to get back. I need to get back to the majors. And that's when he goes into the, um, the thing where he accepts the job, but yeah, yeah. there's the one moment of like, okay, Kenny has a little bit of shame. It's that. And when he apologizes while screaming, on the, to, to the family. He's not going to lower his voice because then you know he did something wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Lenny Harris Pinch Hit Award for Best Supporting Character. Uh, this pilot does another good thing, and it introduces pretty much every main player for the season besides one notable, uh, Ashley Schaefer. Um, but you you get a taste of everyone. There's Terrence Cutler, the the principal played by Andrew Daly. I, I just want to shout out my favorite Andrew Daly role from a sports movie as the announcer at Semi Pro, uh, <laughs> with, oh, yeah. uh, with Will Arnett. Just, yeah, just incredible. Um, Katie Mixon, who played April Buchanan. Uh, like we said, you know, it's almost disappointing that she ends up back with Kenny. Uh, Clegg, played by Ben Best, he was a series co-creator. He's kind of fallen off the face of the planet, but it is part of a great cocaine scene. John Hawks is Dustin, probably the most serious actor in this show. I, I would think like he's in like we uh, we just watched Peanut Butter Falcon the other night, and John Hawks is a serious character in Peanut Butter Falcon. And then a guy who we haven't talked about at all in this episode, who we're going to talk about a lot this season, uh, Steve Little, who plays Stevie Janowski. Love Stevie. So Love. you, I was gonna ask. So you are you're big on the on the Stevie train because I feel like Stevie, you can take or leave at certain moments. Like it is almost the character of Stevie is almost like almost too much of a meme. Yeah, I could see that. For me, like Stevie is like in his bag in season two. Um, in so Mexico, I, so that's he, when Stevie kind of comes into his own. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously in this one, he's 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 not in it at all. Um, except like the moment when he introduces himself um, and he's like, Oh, we know each other. Like I've actually done that before and it's, it's really, really painful. Um, so I, I mean, I love Stevie. I think he, he does have his moments where he's a little over the top. Um, but I think his character is priceless at times. My favorite Stevie Janow, like my favorite aspect of Stevie Janowski is just been when he is being used as a vehicle for Ashley Schaefer to torture Kenny. Uh, <laughs> like I, I, I want to avoid like getting too far ahead in the show. I want to really want to take it episode by episode, but the episode at Ashley Shaver's house, which is basically like a torture plantation when he's, he's got Stevie in, in, in the house is just, it's too fucking good. Uh, as far as this episode goes for best supporting character, my pick is Clegg. I, I think uh, I think Clegg is doing big things this episode. He's part of this great cocaine scene. Who who's your go to? Who's your your Lenny Harris for this episode? So I actually like Dustin Powers in this episode. I thought it was just a good like I like the brother aspect in this one, and I thought like it's a nice balance to Kenny. Um, like their scene in the pool when he's asking them how long he's going to be there, uh, it's like perfectly awkward. Um, and then obviously like when he realizes. When they're when he's yelling at a son, he comes up and he's he's having the conversation with him. And they're yelling back and forth. Um, I just love their dynamic, and I thought it was 
I thought it was a perfect like brother com- like brother combo there. So um, for me, it was Dustin Powers. Dustin is kind of our avatar as as listeners because yeah. or as, as viewers because he's one of the few sane people in the show who actually sees what is going on, sees Kenny's antics, and kind of at least in, early on it realizes like this isn't right. Like you, you feel so badly and and we're about to get into this in the big cringe. Uh, You feel so badly for him when uh, Kenny is having dinner in front of his (laughs) wife and talking about, and talking about how he used to beat up that kid in the name. Mongoloid Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, Kenny being Kenny or favorite, favorite Kenny powers moment of the episode. And like, like we said, like, this has so many Kenny Powers moments, like the things you think of 10 years later, so many of them are from this episode. Yeah. It, I mean, for me, it has to be him drinking the beer in the shower, <laughs> butt naked with the, yeah, that is just like everything about this show. Um, the, the fact that he's drinking the beer on, on school grounds is just like next level for me. Like he just doesn't give <laughs> and, a shit. And the, the students are in the shower, like <laughs> yeah. the students are walking by. <laughs> oh my goodness it's incredible i i think that's mine i i just want to honorable mention again the hooker negotiation <laughs> <laughs> like when he's complaining about having to pay for a hotel room as well yeah and he is wanting a hooker to come over to his brother's house and meanwhile cassie is cleaning the room right next and he like hands the empty can to her <laughs> he's like this one too like just the perfect like dick moment like just to put him over the top oh man that is a I, everything about that moment is perfect yeah, I uh, also cannot cannot uh, move past him letting the uh, inadvertently letting the students know that he went to rehab for doing cocaine. <laughs> like, no, nah, baby, hurt my nose. <laughs> and he thinks he's like he thinks he's super cool when he's saying that, too. Oh, for sure. Like, and I don't like even most, think he like, uh, realizes that he's talking to like 12 year olds. Like most people in Kenny's situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, on on a typical episode of Big Screen Sports, my favorite category is the big chill. Because in a, in a good sports movie, you know, you've got the big chill. You've got Roy Hobbs knocking out the lights, Mike Ruzzi's, you know, Mike Ruzzioni's Golden Miracle, that sort of thing. Uh, the big cringe, because there are no big chill moments in Eastbound and Down. There's nothing that's going to put the, you know, have the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Uh, Kenny is perfect because he is absolutely clueless, and that leads to incredible moments of zero self-awareness. It's one of the best parts about the show is Kenny's just lack of self-awareness and how he makes people around him extremely uncomfortable. Uh, the nominees I have for the big cringe, we've kind of talked about all of them, uh, <laughs> that the whole dinner scene, uh, Kenny talking about, you know, how they used to, <laughs> to beat up Mongoloid Mike, uh, and then laughing at his brother's kids names, named the baby after fucking Titanic. <laughs> What the fuck is his name, Shrek? Her name is Rose. Named after Miss Kate Winslet in the movie Titanic. <laughs> Y'all named your daughter after fucking Titanic? It's Cassie's favorite movie. Oh, wow. You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> What's his name? Fucking Shrek? <laughs> uh... And then the when he's yelling about the jet ski, <laughs> don't look at me with those dead eyes, you church bitch. <laughs> and the best when he, he immediately realizes he's done, <laughs> done wrong, which is so good. And then um, Kenny getting on the intercom is just the ultimate, just like, oh my God. It just, it's incredible. Yeah, or when, he, when he's in the car and he sees April 
Um, <laughs> and Terrence k- kiss and he honks the horn and ducks and he doesn't duck fast enough. So by the time they already look at him, he's like ducking. Um, and Cutler just like thinks he's like, oh, look, it's Kenny Powers. Yeah. I see oh, him. man. Yeah. For me, uh, it has to be the dinner scene or even like the first mi- the first time he sees April again. And he's, oh, yeah. When he's he, in the office. Yeah. But the dinner scene, like you feel so bad for Dustin because you can see the look on his wife's face and he, you know that he's probably going to get shit when he when they go to bed. And it's just like I feel so bad for him. And that's that's a very authentic part about this show because every like like Southern boy made good has that brother or has that cousin who needs to come crash on the couch for a little while. Like that's been that's a tale as old as time. Like the the bad, the shitty brother who's who's coming over and they just can't keep their mouth shut and eat their dinner and 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 just shut up and and be an enjoyable part of the of the dinner. No, it's it's Kenny Powers just absolutely ruining dinner. That that's for sure the big cringe yep. in this episode. Um, the last thing I've got, la- last category for this episode, I think it is is pretty obvious. Is this a Hall of Fame All Star starter or bench warmer Eastbound and Down episode for you? This is a Mount Rushmore episode, not even Hall of Fame. This is like Mount Rushmore. This is a legendary episode. I would agree. I think that's something we need to keep track of is what goes on the rush. I think this one is obviously on the Rushmore. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. It is a it's a perfect pilot. It sets up the series just exactly what you want to set up the show. Like it could be anything going forward, but you know the theme, you know the running theme, you know how good it's going to be, you know how much McBride is going to bring to the table, you know how much he he knows what this character is and he can flex his muscles and eat up that scenery. And I mean, watching this again, like as soon as it was over, I was like, if, if I didn't have the undoing to watch, it would have been okay. Let's, you know, episode two of Eastbound and down. We're knocking this whole thing out. Yep. Yep. I was in the same boat, except for the crown. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Those damn hour long dramas that just take up so much of your time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If every show was like Eastbound and Down, we'd be in a good spot. But yep. uh, Jeremy, we made it through episode one of Eastbound and Down and the Eastbound and Down rewatch. Uh, this was great. I love this show. I'm looking forward to getting through the whole season. Uh, tell the folks where they can follow you and where they can catch out your other podcast that you co-host with a, a former guest of this podcast. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can listen to me on the Two Jabronis with a Wrestling podcast here on Blue Wire with my co-host, who uh, I'm not going to bury like he buried me on your show, um, Ben Cruz. Um, we go live every Tuesday um, and Thursday. So if you love wrestling, pro wrestling, listen to our podcast. We love to talk about it uh, and and come up with our own little gimmicks. So yeah. Two Jabronis with a wrestling podcast here on Blue Wire. Kenny Powers would make an excellent wrestling character. Oh, iconic character. I yeah, don't know. I'm... See, I don't know. You're going to have to to keep me in on the wrestling aspect, but I don't know if Kennedy is like formidable enough to be taken as a serious villain, like actually have a serious, you know, seriously believable of winning a match. What is what is Kenny Powers in the WWE? He is a loudmouth kind of um chicken shit heel a heel is a bad guy um and a lot of the bad guys especially in the wwe play this chicken shit role where they do they win with nefarious tactics 
like they'll win by DQ or they'll they'll find a way to cheat, and that just fits Kenny Powers to a T. And then he'd probably be really great on the mic and really trash a lot of people. So um, he'd he'd find a way to get heat from the fans um, and be one of the most uh, hated characters in the game. That's that'd be perfect. I think we'd all love to see that. Oh yeah, um, Jeremy, this was a blast. Looking forward to doing episode two next week. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, if you enjoyed the first episode of the Eastbound and Down Rewatch, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate, leave a review. Uh, Big Screen Sports episodes come at you every Monday. We're going to be doing Eastbound and Down Season 1 for the foreseeable future. Uh, If you you didn't like Eastbound and Down for some reason and you're still listening to this, which I don't know why you would be, we've got 100-plus episodes of sports movies in the rear view. They're all evergreen. Go check those out. We might sprinkle a few in while we're doing this rewatch, but it is Eastbound and Down uh, for the foreseeable future. Looking forward to getting into the rest of what Kenny Powers has going on. It's going to be a beautiful disaster. We'll catch you next Monday. Thanks for listening. See you. Real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not just any ball player. I'm Kenny fucking Powers. Yeah, I hurt myself. I hurt my nose. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.